Welcome back to the Luke Kidgel Hour. I'm going on tour again this weekend. Aubrey and Wagga. Get your tickets. Wagga's already sold out, but there's still a heap more left to Aubrey now because we moved into the bigger room. So, ladies and gentlemen, please... Come to the show. I would appreciate that. The shows have been awesome so far. Then we are off to Wollongong, Sydney. Two shows in Sydney. Uh, the second one's almost full, by the way. Newcastle, it's sold out, so we added another one on the Sunday. So please don't miss out. We can't add any more. I'm not going to do a Monday night show in Newcastle. So once this new one sells out, I'm out. And, uh, yeah, then in this episode, I discuss what's happening with the rest of the dates as well. There's a bunch of dates that we've booked in on the uh, website, like Brisbane, Perth and stuff. So you can join the wait list. It's up my website. Oh, I just did an internal burp. Uh, LukeHidgel.com. Get your ticks. All right. Enjoy the podcast. Yes. Yabba dabba do. Crikey. No, that's Steve Irwin's catchphrase <laughs> and Fred Flintstone's. I can't steal no. catchphrases. Damn it. Welcome back. It's time for a groove. Somewhere on the scene. Closer. Ooh, don't mind if I do. How you all doing? Welcome back to the Luke Kidgel Hour. To begin the hour today, we have the sound effects sent in by Kyle. So just judging from his name, you should never judge a book by its cover, but always judge it by its title. And uh, if the title was to be correct, um, Kyle is probably a DJ. So this better be a banging button. All right? Kyle definitely... Slams Mountain Dew and White Claw on the weekends. Yeah. For sure. All right. Let's go. Kyle's buzzer to start the hour in three, two, one. (laughs) (laughs) I think now someone's going to loop my laugh at Kyle's buzzer. (laughs) Rough. You know, um, Keelan's been doing that to me in person. Oh, really? Because I have quite a, I guess, a weird... I have a unique laugh. I often, like, do the giggle, that high-pitched giggle. Yeah. And when I go, ha, ha, like that, Keelan will start doing it back to me, which is annoying because um, he appreciates all-you-can-eat Pete's Hut still. I mean, I appreciate them, but he, uh, you know, he begs us to take <laughs> them to him on tour. Anyway, so whatever, Keelan, all right? Just, you know... Now I'm being bullied by Kyle. I can't believe I just got bullied by a guy named, guy named Kyle. <laughs> Fuck. Um, how are you all doing? Thanks for sending it in. If you want to send in your buzzers, send them in to luke.kidgel. No, don't do that. Send them into lukekidgelpodcast at gmail.com. I said the wrong email yeah. the other week on the podcast and my emails are still being flooded with i was like why did why am i getting these podcast emails again because i fucked up but uh hope you're all well i had a bit of a slow week or not really actually i had a really busy week i just came out of it with no good stories that's when you know your week went well it's when you just like cruise through it you know it's a real eight out of ten week when you come out of it with very little to no stories i'm where this is bad i have a jumper that clearly has holes in it uh, it's a holy jumper. It's not a spiritual artifact. It's just made in China and old. So it's not, I wouldn't be worshipping it. 
but it is holy still. Uh, maintain the whole. You know, we always have maintain the stain on this podcast. I'm a big believer, if you don't know. If you, if you have a stain on your shirt, just maintain that boy throughout the day. There is the social pressure to get a cloth and wash it. But once that stain, you know, pasta, if it's mud, whatever you get up to, that's none of my business, right? I don't care why your stain's there, but I always respect someone that has the confidence to maintain a stain throughout the day, in particularly the work day. Always most impressive stain maintain. Uh, I had a stain during my Geelong show. Remember when we pulled up to the Geelong venue? Yep. And I was like to, I was doubting myself and I, in a, in, a, in a moment of weakness, I regret to say that I panicked and said to Reese, oh no, I have a stain on my Maverick merch, <laughs> which is a sentence you should never say. Um, we did buy Logan Paul merch once as a joke on the Luke and Lewis Patreon only podcast. Because it was on a Patreon podcast, a lot of people now just think I wear Maverick merch completely unironically, which is half true. I, it's a very comfortable jumper and I, I do think it's a cool jumper. And I'm also a fan of Logan Paul, so I don't know what if you know. Really, that 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 joke hasn't aged well because now I just think it's great merch. But um, anyway, in a moment of weakness, I said that to Reese, and he reminded me of my core values. And he said, "Luke, don't worry, maintain the stain." And I did a whole show with a stain on my jumper front of a hundred people turns out that was not my biggest problem because my fly was down the entire show so people didn't even care so um yeah that's fine but uh guys we're back we're doing it and um also uh maintain the whole i realized just before the podcast because i said to reese i was like oi and, and, and again another moment of weakness jeez i'm very insecure of late <laughs> <laughs> i go reese i'm like oh should i change my jumper it's literally got holes in it and he goes, mate, maintain the hole. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, the, now we're just, at, at, at what point do we just go, mate, don't shower, maintain the stench. <laughs> oh, mate, oh, Reese, my teeth are a bit yellow. I haven't brushed it. Mate, maintain the yellow. <laughs> at what point are we just putting funny catchphrases to say over personal hygiene? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm happy to maintain the hole. I uh, also realise that's probably the catchphrase of a uh, anal porn star. Because they also have to maintain their hole. <sighs> Good to be back doing a comedy <laughs> podcast, everyone. That's the first joke of the hour. It was fine. Hope you guys liked it. Um, we'll, we'll keep pressing on. Hopefully we find a little bit more fun. Uh, here's something to be excited about. Obviously today we are going to, I am going to be trying out some new catchphrases. I will not be stealing anymore, like at the beginning of the episode. I'm trying to, I'm on a journey to discover a brand new catchphrase in my life. I've been overusing epic, lit, and cool, and I've still been using it throughout the week. Yeah. And I've now stepped it up, Reese. I don't think you've heard this because we have, I haven't seen you a lot this week, but um, I've actually started replacing cool with stuff that makes more sense in the moment. Okay. So, um, like I've, you know, like I, I, I what's an example? Um, like I was on time and someone went, oh, you're on time. You're actually early. And I went epic, cool, and punctual. No, I said epic, lit, and punctual. And they went, oh. <laughs> so I've been like replacing yeah. cool with stuff that um, it actually isn't cool. 
So yeah, that's one thing I've been doing. So I'm desperately trying to get away from Epic Lit and Cool because it's now turned into like Epic Lit and Email Sent and all this <laughs> stuff like that. Like it's not good. I'm not proud of it. Yeah, before we get to all that, I, I had to go to an engagement party over the weekend and I am not cut out for adulthood. Why? Because I'm a child and I realized at 5 p.m. that I hadn't even checked the invite uh, and it was a 7 p.m. start, so I had about an hour to get ready, um, which usually before a night out is more than enough time. Shower, deodorant, brush your teeth, just put on some clothes, you piece of shit, you know, that ideally don't have holes in them. But if they do, eh, maintain the hole. So I'm usually not really fussed about that. That's just not my strong point is like fashion. You guys know that, you know, that's why I'm trying to get cotton on to sponsor me just so that I don't have to think about it anymore. You know, I'd take a surf dive ski. I'd take a city beach. Heck I'd take a dude. I'd take a, uh, what's the other one? Osmosis. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that that's a premium <laughs> brand. I would love osmosis sponsorship. I would dude. I'd take, I, I don't know if I'd take a JJ's. I'd consider it for sure, but I don't know if I'd take it. Um, I'd take like a YD, you know, oh, yeah. at this point, which is pretty grim. <laughs> But that's where I'm at. I just don't, don't like to think about clothes. And I realized when I was, I was like, oh, what's the uh, dress attire? Because I realized I've never been to an engagement party at all. I mean, I've been to family ones. You know, it's just like the family get together and it's like, oh, wear, wear a nice collar. And, yeah. you know, it's a bit more casual and it's just at someone's house or whatever. But this was like an engagement party, probably like 100 people at a venue. And I was like, oh, is it like... I'm so stupid. I get a Meg. I was like, so is it like a 21st? You just got to like wear a collar? She goes, no, it's cocktail. And I go, oh, do I have to wear a suit? She goes, well, you should. And I was like, well, fuck that. So I did it, by the way. And uh, I'm not going to lie. I turned up easily top 10 most underdressed people in the room. I wore a linen white shirt with a collar, which was not the vibe. It was like suit shirt, blazer vibe. I still wore dress shoes. And nice pants and a linen white shirt. And I was shocked that I was easily in the top 10 most underdressed people. By the way, loved it. Glad I didn't dress up because um, that's just not my vibe. But uh, yeah, I, I did have a panic that the hour before I went, I was like calling my mate who was going, I was like, what's cocktail? You know, <laughs> I was like, I was like, does that mean coattail? I'm like, I don't have a tux. I was, <laughs> I was like, fuck, I don't own a top hat. Do I need to go get a top hat? Like, I, I'm just confused as to what. So I'm Googling it, right? Or not, I'm not. I'm duck duck going out. I would never say the G word. I would never use that search engine, right? So I'm, I'm duck duck going the shit out of this, you know? And uh, and I'm like, cocktail attire, men's. And all these dudes, like these models and, yeah. you know, the images, they look, they look like so well-dressed and like, I don't own these clothes. And I realized I haven't been good clothes shopping since 2018 because I went to the races in 2018 and I bought a suit. So I don't really own a blazer. And I've now realized I'm 25. I've hit the point in my life where I have to start doing adult shit now, like engagements. Like it's no longer 21st. I'm, I'm grown out of that. That's gone. I've left that behind me. And now I'm in adult world. And I don't look, I don't want to no hate on anyone, you know, who, in, you know, I get why girls want to do it. Cause they get to wear a nice dress for guys. It's real. Like, here's what I think. It, it sounds so lame. It sounds like, you know, that video, have you ever seen the video race of, uh, <laughs> of Avril Lavigne explaining what punk rock is? 
I think I have, yeah. Where she's like, it's not punk rock to say you're punk rock. Like, and she's just like, <laughs> talking like this. She's like, it's just not punk rock. You maybe find the video and put it in here, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I bring this up because I'm about to sound exactly like this. Uh, if you, if you want to know what I think that I am, I think that I'm just a rock chick. And I like to rock out. I like to throw shit around. I like to go nuts. I like to lose myself on stage. I like to scream. I like to holler. I like to break things. I like to yell. I like to get my anger out. And you know what? Everyone has their own opinion on everybody. This is like the most, the lamest, most non-conformist thing I've ever said. <laughs> Don't tell me what to wear. It's, I know that's pathetic and like, dude, just wear something. It's not your night, whatever. I get that. But I read cocktail attire on the invite and I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Right. And and by the way, really good. I'm great friends with people who are going to engage. Lovely. Nothing against them. And also my engagement, I'll probably write cocktail attire on the thing because I get it. You want nice photos and it's a nice night out. And, um, but I was just like, oh, dude, like. I don't look and it's my fault. And again, I, and I'm mainly angry at myself. It's because I wasn't prepared for cocktail. So I had to just scrounge up whatever I had in the wardrobe. I have a suit jacket that looks weird if you wear it just alone as a blazer because it's not a blazer. I'm like, I'm, I'm ignoring this. There was 30 minutes in my room where I've got my new, my new shoes, brand new hot off the press white Adidas shoes with like a linen shirt. I'm like sending them to my brother going like, Oh, well, what about this? And I was like, and then I caught myself in the mirror. I was like, Oh, I fucking look like Alan. <laughs> I'm like, I look like, you know, I I'm about to straddle a table and then I'd have to bring like my ethnic DJ with me to the party <laughs> to just stand there and fill a diversity quota. <laughs> then I'm gonna have to be racist to all my employees, yeah. you know, and that's hard because Reese is white. So, you know, I'm just like, I just can't rock this whole Ellen look. So I'm freaking out. And then I go, oh, what about dress shoes with chinos? And I kind of put them on. And that's what I ran with. And I ran with no socks, like, like little ankle socks. You know, I ran with like the no sock look. And I was like, you know, falsely confident all night. You know, I'm like, maintain the ankle, maintain the ankle. And I'm just, man, it was uh, 45 minutes of panic before I left the, left the house. And um, I just don't want to be put that situation so just can we all stop pretending that dressing up and being adults is fun it's not right it's not comfortable it wouldn't it be great if we could all just like wear a t-shirt and jeans and because all we're doing is like drinking beers and having a dance anyway yeah the people downstairs in the cl in the in the bar like we're in the function room up the top i left and then the people downstairs at the bar are doing the same thing as us but, you know, they're all just dressed all casual because they're in a normal bar. And I'm just like, well, this doesn't, I'm not really, I don't think I've ever been to a place where I felt like I needed to dress up. Actually, that's not true. I went to a graduation once uh, in Crown at the Palladium or whatever that nice room is, where they have the low. Palladium. Yeah, that one. I couldn't say, I can't say the word. I read the sign and I go, or something. <laughs> and uh, it's the same room that they have like the Brownlow in. Yeah. And that's quite a nice room. It's where they used to host the uh, Logies as yeah. well. I almost said the Logies, but because uh, the Logies is a much more prestigious it's prestigious event. Um, but anyway, so I just, can we just, I don't like, <laughs> so lame. And, and this is the part that sounds like Avril Lavigne. I don't like when society tells me what to put on my chest. 
All right, I don't want to wear. I don't want to wear a little collar. I don't want to wear tight chinos. You know, I don't want to particularly wear dress shoes. It's, you know, I want to wear my new shoes. I'm honestly regretting not looking like Alan. But if I'd have rocked up looking like Alan, I would have looked looked like everyone at the party's regional boyfriend. There's a few <laughs> regional boyfriends in that were making me feel better about myself. Like, oh, he's you know from like you know past Ballarat, and I'm like, oh yeah. Right, so I'm the only city person that's not <laughs> worn a blazer. <laughs> Fuck. Right. <laughs> but um, maybe that's something I just need to change about myself. I think I may, maybe need to um, shift my perspective on this one because I don't think me ranting about it on a podcast is going to change the world. I feel like people are still going to be inviting me to cocktail events throughout life. <laughs> you know, and, and the more, the higher you get in life, the, the less casual it becomes. I've noticed that as well. Mm. Like I, I'll get invited to a lot, like a corporate event and I, I'm pretty sure a corporate gig I'm doing uh, in a couple of weeks actually has a dress code. Like and I'm the comedian. Yeah. Like, and I, I'm pretty sure I have to wear a collar on stage. I don't think I've ever worn a collar on stage, but I'm just like, mate, geez, bloody nice to be me. Have to wear a collar on stage. I'm doing some pretty prestigious events. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's just a, a brewer's lunch, but you know, a few lawyers in the room got to look fancy but uh i've done that before where i've rocked up to corporate events they're all wearing nice shirts some most of them wearing suits and i'm wearing like a billabong (laughs) t-shirt and you know and but it's on the gold coast so you know what do you expect from me all right that's probably the birthplace of billabong i'm pretty sure that's where they invented the first t-shirt in the billabong um so anyway guys i don't like it can we stop dressing nice can we just stop pretending like it's fun you know to be like oh we're all dressed up for the night how about we all just have fun and enjoy each other's company? No, fuck that. That's, yeah, anyway, it's not it's not punk rock to say, I love that video, dude, of Avril. It's so funny. Avril's back. Have you seen this? Yeah, yeah. She's Avril Lavigne yeah. is back and she's dating that dude who's friends with him. Uh, Mod Sun. Yeah, Mod Sun, yeah. Mod Sun. He's friends with him. <laughs> I feel bad because everyone knows him as Machine Gun Kelly's friend. Um, but I've been there for like three years. I was Lewis's friend. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've been the Mod Sun, you know. But uh, yeah, he's a... Uh, He's dating, dating Avril. Avril's back. Very cool to see. Wasn't there that conspiracy that this isn't the original Avril Lavigne? Have you heard that conspiracy that she yeah, died? Yeah, there's a few of those with like celebrities. I know there's one for Eminem. Dude, it's so good. Like Avril Lavigne died and this is like, you know, the record label got a lookalike and that's why she doesn't sound the same. I'm like, and she doesn't look the same. I'm like, it's called Botox. It's called getting famous <laughs> and rich and actually just, you know, not being the same person you were when you were 19. Just because she's not in interviews now going, it's not punk rock to be punk rock or whatever the fuck, you know, just like everyone's like, man, the, the Avril at age 39 would still be saying that shit. <laughs> um, all right, let's get into these new catchphrases. So I'm, as I said, on the hunt for a new catchphrase. Um, I asked for suggestions. I'm trying to get rid of Epic Lit and Cool. Reese thinks I should stick with my original catchphrase, which was sicketh my dudeth. Again, when you say that out loud, doesn't Maybe sound get rid great. of the dudeth, bitches. Keep yeah, yeah. sicketh. Yeah, sicketh is pretty fun. My dudeth. No, that ruins it. Yeah, it, it's pretty weak. <laughs> Although you've been noted, known to say sicketh my dudeth yeah. as well. Yeah. So don't, you know, <laughs> throwing stones from a glass house. Uh, this one came in from Hugh, and this was my favorite one. Uh, and you can always like, Email the show, comment below. We read the YouTube comments. So, um, yeah, keep keep suggesting them if you want. Hugh said, um, 
That's lickety split bro bean was his suggestion. So I think it's said in more of a casual way. So uh, we'll try it. Um, can you say something to me, Reese? like, um, oh, I've got everything I needed to do today done. Uh, I've completed everything I've had to do today. That's lickety split bro bean. How did you like being on the receiving end of that? <laughs> I didn't like it. <laughs> okay. I'll be honest. I didn't like being on the giving end of that either. It was pretty mutual, that one. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think I'm not sure what's worse, bro bean or lickety split. <laughs> the only reason I know I know lickety split, I can't even say Is lickety split a donkey quote <laughs> no, of it's, Shrek? No. It's someone who Eminem raps an eight mile. <laughs> Oh yeah, really? It's the rap a battles, rapper. Uh, the rap rap battles at the end. You know how he does like the rap battles. Oh, there's one like of the a... rappers is called Lickety Split. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, get a better rap mode. <laughs> Lickety Split, and then the other guy's like, "Well, who's this? It's Brobean." <laughs> <laughs> Imagine a Lickety Slit v Brobean battle. <laughs> Isn't there that Big Bean the the boxer? Who punches Johnny Knoxville? What's that guy's name? Something He's bean. Butterbean. Butter <laughs> what about Lickety? That's Lickety Split Butterbean. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, that's good. So I was sent in by Hugh. I did have a chuckle, but I don't think I'm going to adopt no. that on. Um, James has gone for something a little more conservative and a little more mainstream. He's gone with, what about that's tight? Yeah. I'm not a tight guy. I've never said that. It's never been in my frequent vocab uh, if i refer to something as tight i'm usually referring to um a shoelace you know or i'm not gonna say it um, <laughs> <laughs> i've already made one gross joke we don't have to do another one um brandon has suggested cheers big boy now this one I'm having flashbacks. If I Every time I said big boy, I will have flashbacks to Shepparton where I said, what do you get up to in the world, Jim, big boy, to a girl? Um, problematic, that one. Yeah, that one will give me uh, full on. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I can do that one. Um, cheers, big boy. I, uh, but that's the thing. I Because I, I did use it that night, I do like a... I use it in a funny way. I don't use big boy in like a, hey, like I would never say to you like, hey, big boy, like picking you up. Because firstly, that's a HR issue <laughs> and it's, it feels weird to say to someone you pay. Also, it just feels weird to say to an actual boy. Yeah. Like, I, I, like I'd more likely say it to Meg because there's a bit of humor in that. Yeah, yeah. Like if she's like, oh, you know, I did this today. I'd be like, oh, congrats, big boy. And the joke there is... um. I'm intentionally, it's unlike Shepparton where I've accidentally <laughs> called someone <laughs> that, but uh, it's, it's, it, the joke is, well, you're not a big boy. Yeah. You know, it's not the best joke, <laughs> but it is better than the anal joke from before. Um, this one is another stolen catchphrase because it's 50 cents catchphrase, the rapper. Uh, it's striker said to say, what about get the strap? I'm not really from the streets. If I was saying get the strap, I mean, the only time I've said get the strap was the other week at the airport when it was stuck in the baggage <laughs> conveyor belt. And I was like, someone get the strap and all the stuff were like, we can't. See, if, if 50 Cent said get the strap at the airport, I'd fucking duck. You know what I mean? I'd lie on the floor and be like, I hope fucking no one gets the strap. 
if I say get the strap, it almost sounds like a a kinky punishment. Yeah, but he might be talking about another strap. Yeah, again, I can't say that to Reese. I can't be like, get the strap. He'll be like, have I been a bad boy? I'll be like, no, you've been a big boy. <laughs> Bro bean. And I'll go, that's lickety split. Um and then, it'll, and then it'll quit if I did that. So we can't have that because Reese is essential to this operation. So that's it. I'm way too white to say get the strap. Um, pog or poggers? This is from Jax. Have an original thought. That's not, that's not, it's, it's, it's actually less original than get the strap because at least that's kind of funny. <laughs> pog or poggers, Jax, come on. That's, uh, that's like Twitch lingo imagine if anyone who says poggers in real life unironically i think keelan started doing it for a week and we all poo-pooed it pretty quickly yeah i don't think that lasted too long he was like poggers and we're like no it's not no no no. <laughs> you're not bringing that into the workplace um this one i liked from our discord member whitey um no wuckers now he said it sounded like an old man catchphrase i agree but also long listeners of the podcast will know I kind of radiate that energy sometimes. Literally wearing a jumper with a hole in it and maintaining that hole. Um, I don't mind no wackers. Yeah, I can picture you. I can picture that. I just don't know if I could like, I feel like I'd have to think about it for the first bit before it came to me naturally, before I was, you know. um, Say something else to me. You know. (laughs) <laughs> has you know, i can't say no wackers to that you know just just say something like i just want to know how it feels i want to get it in conversation just say something like um man i uh i'm gonna head out after this podcast man i'm gonna head out after this we finish this podcast no wackers man hmm how'd that feel <laughs> all right okay <laughs> that's interesting no wackers yeah right what about we do a, a test run so Meg, we call her in here and I just try and say yeah, no walkers. Yeah. yeah, okay. Meg! <laughs> Meg! Can you come here for a sec? All right, Meg has no idea that I'm about to do my first organic no walkers trial <laughs> run. I have to incorporate it in the conversation. Alright, I'll just ask her something about the tour. Yeah. Alright. How's the tour going? How's the how's all the tour stuff going? Good? No walkers. Cool. How does that feel? That well, okay. Um, what else has been happening? Much. That's lickety split, bro. Bean. Okay, that one. Okay, she didn't like that one. All right, we'll, we'll go back to no walkers. <laughs> I say no walkers all the time. All right. Um, <laughs> all right, Meg, get the strap. <laughs> get the strap. It's it's fifty it's fifty cents catchphrase. I don't understand what it means. Well, I mean, we don't have a gun, so that's the thing. I don't. It doesn't work. We don't in America. The strap. Yeah, it it sounds like some type of weird kinky Fifty Shades thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also inappropriate to say when Reese is in the room. (laughs) Oi, Meg, get the strap. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's so we had we had a little bit of success on no walkers. Okay, this last one, and I love this, comes in from David, also from the Discord. Uh, by the way, get on the Patreon Discord. It's a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of catchphrase discussion <laughs> was being thrown around. And I like that people were arguing about 
arguing the pros and cons of each catchphrase, yeah. um, getting very detailed and Especially very... the Walkers one. There was a bit of a debate about a, that. A huge debate over no Walkers. Um, oh, sorry, I'm saying no Walkers now. It's no Walkers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm changing it to like Quokkas. What about no Quokkas? <laughs> and that's just like 50 years time after Rottnest Island goes underwater. Yeah. No Quokkas. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one comes in from David and I do love it. Turbo. And I'm known already to say ease up turbo. Yeah. Uh, I much prefer ease up turbo over calm your farm or cool your jets. Yeah. I'm an ease up turbo man. I feel like ease up turbo has the same energy as champing someone. It's mm. a bit condescending. Yeah. You know, like someone's, it's on a night out, you know, someone's getting a bit fiery. Look, oh, this fucking person, like, that's bullshit, man. You're like, hey, ease up turbo. And immediately you gain control of the situation. It is, I guess, a power, you big dick them. It's a power move. Cause then they go, cause it's condescending to call someone turbo. Cause it's like, <laughs> the joke is like, well, mate, you're not, a, you're not an engine. You're yeah. not a turbo engine. You're just a, you know, you're 70% water, mate. Chill out. But, uh, that's another good one, by the way. So if you want to bring someone down to earth, you know, when like people are getting a bit ahead of themselves, just go, mate, you are 70% water. Fuck off. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one because it reminds you that you could, if you really wanted to replace almost all of them, you could just turn on a tap. You know, and that's all we are, really. Yeah. A few bones in there, sure. Brain, yeah, that's important. But ultimately, you're essentially a fucking watermelon. have a high concentration of water like humans Woo, i'm tired guys i think i think i need to go to bed oh fuck i'm crying oh that's so funny all right that's enough sorry god Woo. okay what are we talking about catchphrases um yeah, man, my holy jumper, despite the ventilation, is getting very warm in here. Oh, you know what? Because I'm a fucking fire today. Woo! All right. You guys ever just amuse yourself to the point where you cry <laughs> laughing? I do. Um, what I did want to talk about was actually the tour plans. Oh, by the way, yeah, so we need to... Okay, so just to finalize this discussion... Um, I'll try and incorporate no walkers, maybe around the workplace. Yeah. Oh, what about when we go to Albury? I'll I could slip it into the a few meet and greet lines. Yeah, yeah. You know. Also at shows, if you see me at a show, you might suggest some uh, some shows. By the way, I'm suggest some shows. Suggest some <laughs> catchphrases at the shows. I'm coming to Albury this weekend. We're moving into the big boy room. Ooh. Um, so please come down, LukeKidgel.com. Uh, the room is big because we sold out the small room, which is where I did my show last year. And, uh, so we sold a lot more tickets than I thought I would. So I was like, let's move to the big room. And, um, turns out it's, uh, it's like four times the size of the little room. So <laughs> please come down. Uh, I would love to see you there. So yeah, Aubrey, LukeKidgel.com and Wagga is sold out. And then we go to Wollongong, Sydney, 
We added a new show in Newcastle because it sold out. But um, yeah, anyway, I probably will have already put a plug at the start of this episode. So whatever I said at the start, LukeKidgel.com. Um, great. I did want to update. Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll do no walkers. I keep yeah. not finalizing this. I'll try no walkers. I kind of want to keep assisting with that's lickety split bro bean. I think I need everyone in my life to tell me that's not okay before <laughs> I completely give up on it. And get the strap is just a definite no. <laughs> <laughs> and uh turbo i will try and incorporate more but i already used that one a bit and mm. i'm not a fan of that's tight that's yeah. tight is just like not it people won't even realize i'm doing a catchphrase mm. people just might think i say that a lot yeah at least when i say sicketh people know that's an uncommon thing to say and they oh that's probably his catchphrase that's probably his thing they're correct um so uh yeah tour plans i, I did want to update you all so Essentially why I did have a bit of a slow week. Um, I, I had a great week. We went to like Crown with Meg. I celebrated my birthday kind of late. We had a big night out in the city and so much fun. But because it all just went smoothly, it's just like not really funny if I go, man, we like had a great night. We went to gold class, had a great dinner, went to a spa, went to Holy Moly, had a beer, and then had nine and a half hours sleep because I was really tired. It's just not a good story. So I was like, it, it was, I had a great week, but uh, yeah, just no real funny stuff happened, I guess. But one thing I did want to update you all on was because we're pretty bit, pretty much been working full time on it. Everyone's been asking me about when I'm going to add more shows and whatnot after these New South Wales ones. It's a very good question. And I've not been saying soon for ages. So the reason why I should explain to you all, and also some people just find this interesting when I talk about behind the scenes stuff, but essentially the reason was originally, uh, as I said on this podcast in the past, uh, we, we were splitting the tour up into two parts because of COVID and I didn't want to book shows too far in advance because it's still so uncertain. Like what there was, today, there was one new local case in Victoria. There was a couple of New South Wales this week. They're always just going to pop up every now and then. So I was like, uh, let's just book the tour in two parts to alleviate the risk because last year I lost a fuckload of money having to cancel the tour. And it's just a bad way to run a business. Plenty a year ahead in any business in this climate is stupid. It's very short term. So that's the main reason. But then we tried to book all this stuff and I really wanted to come to regional places in Queensland and also New South Wales. Turns out are very expensive to hire hire cars at the moment because all the hire car companies cut their fleets in half during COVID because they weren't getting any business to stay afloat. I assume they just sold half their cars to keep in business. And also there was a genuine, there was a, also a car shortage in Australia because manufacturing stopped for a bit or importing probably stopped from overseas countries affected or at least slowed down. So anyway, there's like a massive high car shortage in Australia, which I only just found out about because we went to try and, you know, fly to Brisbane, the usual, and then drive around, hire a high car for like a week and whatnot. And it's usually like 60 bucks a day for like a SUV or 80 bucks for a really expensive car. These days it's like $250 and that's without insurance every day. And that's with only me driving, like an over 25 driver. That means Meg can't drive and blah, blah, blah. And it means I'd have to do all the driving for my show. So that wasn't really an option. And also, also just so expensive. So what we're doing is, this is the plan, uh, just to fill you guys in. We are planning on driving. Um, it's not confirmed yet, by the way, from Melbourne to Cairns and then Cairns back to Melbourne in just in Meg's car. 
Like, we're just going to leave my house and tour the entire East Coast doing shows pretty much all the way up and then all the way back down again. Stopping off everywhere. Like, you name it is the plan. We've already looked locked in. There's some dates already up on my website that you can join the wait list for, but there's already locked in Mackay, Toowoomba, Brisbane, Gold Coast, Perth. Uh, and Perth will be done separately. We're not driving across the Nullarbor. Don't worry. But, um... Yeah, that's uh, that'll be pretty nuts. So come on down. I would love to see you there. If you do live in a regional town or know people, I'd love it if you sent them along because I'm trying to do shows in places I've never done shows before. Um, some I have on the – we did some on the regional tour. But, uh, yeah, we're trying to add just some, like, random shows that I'd never usually do, like Tamworth and Port Macquarie and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, if you – Live in a place along the East Coast, let me know. I will obviously be hitting the biggest places along the East Coast. But uh, that's the plan. So I think we'll be away at the moment. The plan is like 25 days. It'll just be me, Reese, and Meg in a car for 25 days. Reese is gonna, just going to be third wheeling for a month. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's going to be – I can't believe you're up for it. Yeah, I think it'll be pretty it's fun. Like yeah, this yeah. thing, it'll be fun. It's just like one of those things where I swore after the regional tour last year and I said this on the podcast. I'm like, geez, that was fun once, but never again. And that was only driving up. Mm. So now we're going to drive from Cairns and go, all right, halfway there. Imagine being halfway on your journey <laughs> when you get to Cairns from Melbourne. That's insane. And I don't know if think international people realise how big Australia is as well. Yeah. It's uh, it's from the south to the to the top. We're going. So it's going to be hectic. It's going to be like six, seven hours of driving a day. But um, it'll be a lot of fun. And I hope to see as many of you as possible on the tour. And that's that's pretty much the plan. And we're also going to have to take this podcast on the road as well. There'll be times where we're just like, we're in a hotel in Toowoomba or wherever the fuck we're doing a show that <laughs> night, you know. So um, that will be... The, where the podcast, the podcast will go on the road for a month, which will be fun. There'll be, I'm sure there'll be a lot of tour stories. So just updating you all, that is the plan for the rest of my year. That'll pretty much take me through to mid-September. I think I have um, Tasmania booked in as well, Launceston, and we're still trying to book in Hobart. Uh, but yeah, the dates that are confirmed will be up on my website as they get confirmed. We'll be adding them and you can join like the mailing list to find out about them first. And uh, yeah, I'd love to see you there. So that's it. <clears throat> One thing that I so so the movie we did go see the other night was uh we we went and saw Godzilla vs Kong. Now I don't know if you've ever watched one of these monster movies, but I was like reading a review before and it was hilarious and I was like oh I wonder if this is good I'll just look up see what people are thinking about it and I wasn't more looking up like I don't I know it's going to be bad like it's a monster movie I'm not going into it going like I'm going to see just an Oscar that this is going to win Oscars. You know, I'm, I'm going to see in a, a critically acclaimed film here. I'm going to see Godzilla fight King Kong. I know what that is. I've made my bed, right, when I bought the ticket. And I want to see two monsters, two CGI monsters, fucking each other up for two hours. And that is exactly what it was. And it was hilarious. It was pretty funny, good stuff, whatever. I read this review before I went in by some, obviously, like some film critic, looking for something else. He was just like, oh, you know, the narrative was weak, blah, blah, plot. And I'm like, mate, if you're going to watch two monsters fight in a cinema, you're not going for the plot. 
At not one point during the film was I like, oh, mate. Yeah, this fighting's a bit cool. You know, like, yeah, it's cool when a giant gorilla punches a fucking lizard in the head, but I just need more plot here, you know? <laughs> I feel like I need more character arcs. Like, why is he punching him in the throat? You know? <laughs> like, it's this same dude just, like, reviewing porn going like, oh, I just didn't really like the plumber's backstory, you know? <laughs> I'm like, why was he there? I mean, I feel like he, it would have been a better exchange if he just, like, you know, got money out of the girl instead of his cock being sucked. Cool, dude. Go review any other film. You should be sending along the intern to review Godzilla vs. Kong. You should be sending along, like, the receptionist's daughter. If you, like, work at, like, some, you know, the age, and you're like, oh, we need to get a review of every film that comes out, don't send along guy who guy who likes movies to watch Godzilla vs. Kong. He gave it like two stars. It was like, yeah, two stars, weak narrative. And I was like, dude, it was like, yeah, there's some movies that are just made for a purpose. It's like when you go watch a Transformers movie, you go there to watch Optimus Prime fight Megatron and fuck up Manhattan, but it's not real. And that's why it's fun. You know, one thing that is strange about those monster movies is like, look, I don't, I am going to, there is, oh, look, I'm, I am going to spoil it, you know? And if you care about the narrative of uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, then stop listening and go work for the age, all right? So, essentially, Godzilla and Kong are, like, fighting each other throughout the movie or something because, like, there's a, there could only be one alpha titan. And then, the, like, that New Zealand kid who's in, like, Deadpool or something, I don't know. You like the chubby New Zealand kid, Julie, Julian. He's a, he's a sick dog. He's like a oh, legend. Yeah. yeah. Julian Dennison or I don't know. He's a legend. Anyway, that kid's in it. And, um, Millie Bobby Brown is in it. And I don't, I just still didn't really get why they were in it. But anyway, uh, I, I hadn't seen the originals. Apparently there's a Godzilla movie and a Kong movie. I didn't even realize it was a sequel till afterwards when Meg told me, I was like, Oh, that explains why they gave no context whatsoever. But anyway, they're fighting each other. And cause Godzilla keeps coming at Kong. And then, Turns out later in the movie, they find a common enemy. The humans, this dodgy tech company, have been building a robot Godzilla. So towards the end of the movie, Godzilla and Kong start fighting this robot Godzilla together over a, a packed city in Asia. I think it might be supposed to be Hong Kong. I wasn't really paying attention. I was just laughing mainly. I don't know. Again, they probably said it. I, who cares? Um, it didn't matter. But... I reckon they knocked over about 50 buildings. That's probably being conservative. If I was exaggerating, I would have said 100. It was probably between 50 to 80 buildings they demolished throughout this fight in this major um, Asian city where it was set. And at the end of the film, it's kind of just a happy ending. Like these three big things, like you know how big King Kong is? Just fucking one punch would just take down a skyscraper, right? They're just falling into these buildings, getting thrown through like four buildings at a time, and then land on the ground. And then there's, you know, civilians running everywhere and like, ah, there's monsters fighting. Why do we live in this world where we have monsters or whatever? And at the end, it's just a happy ending. All the main characters are like, oh, what a relief. The fight's over and they won. And now this evil Godzilla robot has been taken down. Thank God. And I'm sitting there like, do you guys remember the global reaction to 
That was two buildings. They just took down 80 in about 10 minutes. This is generations to rebuild. Tens of millions of people would have died. It was a city in Asia. Why are you smiling? I sound like the guy from the age. <laughs> it made me so angry and it always makes me angry. In these disaster movies, they're like, oh man, you know, like a tsunami ripped through an entire city, but the main characters survived. What a relief. And I'm like, spare a thought for the poor extras. You know, those people who got hit by the wave, or in this case, you know, probably got squished by King Kong's balls in the park. That's what else I was thinking about. Like King Kong was just resting there for a bit. I'm like, it's a male. He's got nuts. Someone would have got turkey slapped by King Kong. Someone would have got a Kong dong to the head. <laughs> and that's all I could think about. Everyone else in the cinema was like, and I was the only one in the cinema laughing. I was like, oh, wait, am I the only one who's come to this for a joke? All these, like, there was like a kid with his dad and the kid was like, whoa, 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 this is so sick. And I'm just like, oh, that bloke, that bloke would have got turkey slapped by his, by his big King Kong dong, you know? <laughs> you know, it's like more like fucking prodzilla. Dude, that thing was packing. Um, yeah, it was awesome, guys. I would recommend seeing it. Just like turn your brain off for two hours and watch two things bigger than a city just fuck everything up. That's what I didn't like about Man of Steel. Like, it was like two invincible people just fighting each other and just fucking up this town. Like, I'm just so, I don't know, guys, I'm just like that much of a good person. I just, I have a social conscience where like, I'll see like a building be exploded. And in the moment, I think you're supposed to be like, oh, will the rock survive? Or whoever's the main character. Oh, will Jason Statham make it? I'm always like, oh, what about the guy working in IT in level three? Fuck me. He's just dead. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what about, like, all the cleaning staff that was just in their lunch <laughs> break and, you know? Or, you know, in, like, Fast and Furious where they jump cars through buildings? They just crash into, like, an open-plan office. Like, yeah. some some guys just spend his entire life. Like, this is what I think about in the cinema. Some, like, 26-year-old has put all his life savings into this new startup company. He's got, him, he's got, got himself a fancy <laughs> office building. And then all of a sudden, Vin Diesel just goes... Fuck your dreams. And in the cinema, you're supposed to be you're supposed to be like, fuck yeah, Vin Diesel, you're bald but still cool. <laughs> Not at all. I'm like, what about this guy's ferns? He went to IKEA, bought it, made it look nice, you know? He had employees. They're all dead. And at the end they celebrate and like in Fast and Furious, I'll be I'll be honest, I've been watching a lot of Fast and Furious films lately. <laughs> but they all like cheers a corona. And I'm just like, who are you cheersing? The thousands of lives you destroyed in the city. I don't know why I'm getting, hey, hey, movies that aren't real. Be more accurate. <laughs> I don't know why I'm getting angry about this. <laughs> it's like I'm like, you know, it wouldn't be fun if, if like movies were real, would it? No. Yeah, because that's what I think about, you know. I'm just like, <laughs> I watch Fast and Furious, like, it's fucking going, why the fuck isn't this a documentary? Like, that's essentially what my argument is. I don't really have an argument here. My argument's dumb. I've been defeated by my own logic. The movies aren't real and I shouldn't complain and I should start writing for the age. Fast and Furious, nine, two stars. Agreed. Vin Diesel would have died four times. That's what, yeah, anyway. I just like, I realised I just, I started off this discussion by getting angry at a guy, <laughs> getting mad at a plot and then I started getting yeah. angry. Full circle. Yeah, I gone full circle and completely wrecked myself by the end. Uh, anyway, guys, Godzilla vs. Kong, 
bit of fun. I reckon it's time. We've written on the whiteboard here to bust out the jar. Uh, this is the jar that was given to me at my Adelaide show. Full of questions, uh, to- topics, prompts. Um, when I'm struggling for content every week, I seem to be busting out the jar, which doesn't say a lot about preparation slash content on this podcast, but it does say a lot about consistency. I'm consistently unprepared. I'm consistently low on content and uh, consistently from now on, I think we'll be using the jar. It was sent to us, given to me by Lauren. I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was Lauren. God, I hope it was Lauren. (laughs) Anyway, it was lovely. I really appreciate it. And uh, let's just, it's just like random questions and stuff. Today's one is, what was your favorite season of The Bachelor? Oh, God. How much time do we have? Lauren? Oh, please, I hope it's Lauren. But anyway, um, what's my favorite season? Definitely. uh, Okay. There's two different answers. My favorite Bachelor, we all know, is Tim. Season one. Does not get better than Mr. Tim Robards, okay? Yes, I have a man crush on him. Have I talked to him on Instagram? Yes. Did I blush? Yes. Get over it. That's what happens when you talk to Australia's first batch. Think about that. It's more prestigious being the first batch because maybe some of the blokes in season six applied for the first one, but they weren't good enough. They weren't as good as Tim. Do you know Tim? Jeez. No. (laughs) Reese couldn't look any less interested in this batch chat, staring out the window at a fence. <laughs> Is a fence more interesting than this bachelor chat? Yeah. <laughs> Mate, you clearly haven't seen Tim's body, which looks like a graded fence. Okay. Oh, I'm yeah. <laughs> but uh, I have chatted to uh, Tim on the gram and Anna. Um, probably, you know, she was messaging me like, stop trying to cut my lunch, big boy. Um, oh, he's big boy. Ooh. There we go. Um, and I was like, ease up, turbo. Boom. God, I know. I'm kidding. I said, oh, I'm such a huge fan. Um, I forget why I was messaging them. I feel like I'm... Anyway, guys, why am I flexing about this? Speaking of flexes, I uh, said the lamest sentence I've ever said to Reese today. Mm. <laughs> Reese goes, well, save that for flex chat. Um, Reese <laughs> is sitting in my lounge room and I just go, like, we're not talking at all. This is how much of an asshole I am. <laughs> like all the time. Like I... You know, as I've said before, I, I like I'm a, a fiend for just like accidentally falling into messaging like C grade Australian celebrities, yeah. <laughs> right? We're not talking at all. Reese isn't interested, and I just go burst out with, "Yes, I've been messaging Sean Divini from Shawstack this morning, dude. Who cares? Don't worry about it, dude. dude get over it. Trust me, it's not a big deal." Somebody thought Reese is like, "What?" <laughs> and then also though, but then you were. You know, I was jokingly flexing about that. But then uh, I told Reese I was going to a music festival next weekend where I will most likely meet or at least see the guys from the band Amity Affliction. Who who Reese quite enjoys. And he's like, dude, that's so cool. He's like, man. I was like, (laughs) I go, how will I know like which ones are Amity Affliction? And he goes, they all have neck tats. I'm pretty sure you'll know. But I might see the June rats and think that that's Amity Affliction. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you'll be able to tell the difference. (laughs) But um, yes, Reese thinks it's so cool. He's like, bro, you'll meet Amity. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're just a band from Gimpy. Yeah, but it's sick. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they are. I like a couple of their songs. 
But um, whatever, man. Short stack. There, there, there ain't no short stack. Uh, no, I, I was messaging um, short stack because of the Luke and Lewis podcast. But anyway, um, guys, it's not a big deal. Whatever. And I'm not. I'm just gonna come. You know. Oh, oh, hang on, hang on. I'm just not gonna come and brag about it on the podcast. I would never do that. But anyway, if I would, though, it'd be whatever, guys. Yes, he was replying quite promptly. Whatever. <laughs> that short stack swish. Um, what was I even answering? I was talking about the Bachelor. Yeah, yeah. But then you were being so uninterested, I <laughs> I stopped talking about it. But um, actually, do I have one more thing I need to update you on after this yeah. in regards to uh, a previous podcast? But to answer your question, um, yeah, favorite Bachelor, absolutely Tim. Uh, if I had to rank them, oh, Sam, the personal trainer, was sick in season two. But Maddie J on Instagram now. Really gets me in the feels. I like watching their family. You know, he's just kids now. He's had this, he's still with um, Laura, and uh, you know, I'm 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 enjoying watching that happily ever after unfold on the gram. So I would say I have to have a soft spot for Manny J. Uh, hands down, the worst bachelor uh, would be Blake, bitch boy Blake. I remember calling him at the time. I forget why, but for apparently at the time I thought it was a bit of a bitch boy. So um, and from memory, people didn't like him, but I forget what he did. Maybe he cheated on one of the girls or something. But uh, favorite season. Now, this is what the question was. <sighs> I liked Osha's hair best in the most recent season. Isn't that crazy? He's getting better with age. He's like a fine wine. You know, he's like a... What else gets better with age? That's about it. <laughs> Not a lot of stuff age as well. But uh yeah, he's uh he gets better, you know? He's Osha's old. I'm not not gonna lie. You know, internally, probably a lot of asbestos. That man is ancient, but his exterior is looking as good as ever. Uh it's it's a credit to him. You know, he's sober, great man, he's got a great mindset, and um yeah, it pays off with no wrinkles and his hairdresser is just doing God's work still. So I would say just for that reason alone, probably the most recent season that we watched. But although I didn't really like, Lockie was fine, you know. Uh, Matty J was a great season. Um, Sam, I mean, those first two seasons, man, you can't you can't deny. Um, and I think Reese would agree. Uh, <laughs> as he still stares, staring out the window after already being called out about it. I think uh, any Batch fan would agree with me. Season one, two, take the cake. And then we had a little bit of fun with um, Matty J. We had a, a lot of fun. Oh, actually, no. My favorite season is the Honey Badger season, dude. The Honey Badger leaving two girls at the altar at the end was just the best thing I've ever seen on Australian television. So I f- completely forgot about that. I forgot he was The Bachelor, you know, because I was like, you know, cycling through all the hunks they'd had on the show and then forgot about that two-minute noodle-haired goddess um, notice the, uh, the honey badger, the rugby player that they got on and Sophie Monk season of the bachelorette ripped as well. So a few great seasons. I think we can all forget about Richie's season. Am I right? All right. I'm losing Reese again, guys. <laughs> We're going to have to move on. Um, yeah. So I want to do an update for those who listen to the Jared Clifford episode of the podcast. He's uh, my friend. He's a Paralympian. If you haven't checked it out, go listen to that episode. It's a banger. Um, on the episode, he kind of said that he was thinking about running a marathon, and I think he was definitely thinking 
you know, in the distant future or near future, but not already. Literally within a week of us recording that podcast, he accidentally ran the world record of the marathon for his category, for his uh, the T12 and T13 category, I think it was. Um, I, we'll have to get the time. I think it was like two hours seven or something. I think it's on his, on his Instagram. But um, absolutely unbelievable. Uh, hang on, I'm just going to... Yeah, he ran... 219. Okay, sorry. Two hours seven is like the world record, I think. Two hours three is the world record, I think. Two hours 19 for a marathon. And he accidentally did it. So he was supposed to be pacing someone for 35K, then looked at his watch and he was like, oh, geez, I'm feeling pretty good here. And I'm and I'm on world record pace. And then he's just like, I might as well just keep going. Yeah. So he just smashed out the last 8K like a champ and... Beat the world record when he didn't set out that morning. Do you know how weird that is? To wake up one morning and go, I have no plans to get a world record today. Most people, when they get a world record, are like, geez, I could give it a crack today. And like, they limber up. They probably brush their teeth, look at themselves in the mirror and go, this is it, man. This is the day you're going to get a world record. I reckon that's how most world records are achieved with like mental preparation and also physical preparation. The week before... He's already run in like three championships mm. the day before. And he backed it up with a marathon world record the next day. I'm confused, Jared, at how you do it, but I'm very proud and impressed. It's uh, very cool to hear. And I realized those two stories that I forgot to tell when Jared was in that I was annoyed about. I was like, oh, man, I can't believe I forgot to bring this up. About three and On, a half. Oh, three and a half minutes? Yep. Just enough time. On Australia Day this year, uh, we're all hanging out at my mate Dean's house and Jared was there. And he had some, he, firstly, I was playing him in beer pong and just to remind you, he's legally blind, really can't see much more than a meter in front of him, which means he can't see the end of the beer pong table. So he's shooting completely on vibe alone, which actually I've figured out is the best way to do beer pong. If you're actually aiming, you just miss because your, your senses are all off. You just got to vibe out where the cups are and, you know, start pinging. He beat me in beer pong comfortably by like three cups i got beaten by a blind person and you probably think luke your day couldn't get any worse after that there's nothing more shameful than beating getting beaten by a bloke who literally can't see the cups in beer pong it gets worse throughout the end of the countdown i would say the top 20 songs we moved down uh to the grassed area to play a game of cricket and we selected teams meg was the captain and um i think dean who was hosting the party was the, was the other captain I'm very ashamed to admit that um, Jared and I were at the end of the picks and I got picked last in cricket over Jared. Now, fair enough. He's a better sportsman than me, but I would argue after a day of pretty heavy drinking and um, also just casual cricket, you'd, I would pick the guy who could see the ball. (laughs) Turns out I was wrong. Jared bowled out Dean's dad. Oh. Clean bowled him out. Cannot see the wickets. The embarrassment from Dean's dad was uh, next level that day. But uh, yeah, I forgot to tell that story, man. I got picked. Think about that. My own girlfriend <laughs> picked Jared, picked someone who's legally blind. She's like, I'd rather have Jared, who I'm not dating, can't see, <laughs> and has never played cricket before, than my own boyfriend who 
can see. Yeah, it's like some primary school shit. <laughs> oh, brutal. It was brutal. I felt like the fat kid at the end of the <laughs> class. I was like, I've been just left to last. And Dean was just like, oh. well, let's see. Yeah. When I got stuck in Dean's name, he was like, fuck, we have Luke. And I was like, am I that bad at cricket? God damn. It turns out I'm very bad. Yeah, I got out. I think I hit a six and out first ball, which means I'm good at cricket. I'm too good. That's my problem. That's why they didn't pick me. I'm too good. That's what you tell yourself when you get picked last. They just didn't want me because I'm the best. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the end of the uh, episode. Thank you all very much for listening. Um, so, you know, I just, I tell that story to anyone else who's got, uh, you know, picked last over someone who's legally disabled. You know, it's, uh, you know, you can't say anything at the time, but it doesn't mean it hurts any less. Mm. You can't be like, oh, why would you pick the blind guy for me? I mean, I did say that, but you shouldn't, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you shouldn't. And usually in a situation you can't, but when you're all friends, you can. But um, yeah, you know, so that's just, I hope it made someone else feel better. It happens to the best of us. And um, yeah, that's what you get for being too damn, too goddamn good at cricket. But uh, thanks for listening. Uh, I'd love to see you in Aubrey this weekend. Otherwise, uh, much more shows will be announced soon. Check out my website. Dates are being added as they uh, get booked in. LukeKidgel.com. I uh, appreciate you listening. Is that the end? i got to play the buzzer. Oh, Kyle's buzzer. Let's end it with my laugh. Oh. <laughs> I want someone to um, remix me laughing at my watermelon joke <laughs> for next week's buzzer. <laughs> Alright, but I would like it like in song if anyone could do that. Yeah, I'll put it in a disc one and see if anyone can do it. Yeah, great. Alright, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye.